BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is DeAndre Nicolette. If you're new here, my love, welcome. I'm super excited to have you tuned in to your first ever episode of Manifest Daily. And of course, to my OG listeners, you already know the vibes. Hey, girl. Hey, hey, boy. Hey, what's poppin'? What's good? Welcome back to another episode of your fave. So my loves, I'm super excited for today's guest episode because I'm chatting with a friend today. I'm chatting with JC, as you guys probably know at this point by the title of today's episode. So JC and I have been talking about doing a guest episode for so, so long. When I first met him, I think I shared the story of how we met, and I think we go over it too in this particular episode, but when I first met him, that was one of the things that we connected on so quickly was how much we both love to chat and dive deep and just, I don't know, like the conversation just flowed so easy from day one before we even met each other in person. And then once we met each other in person, I feel like we just kept on talking and then we were never able to stop. So This conversation is so organic, so fun. We're diving into, like I said, how we met. We're having him tell the story this time. I kind of jump in with a couple of my little ad libs. We're talking about modern dating, his approach to finding relationships, online dating, the apps, because, oh my gosh, I feel like, you know, so much can be said about the apps and online dating in 2023, and we're diving into it. We're also talking about friendships and maintaining friendships and life scripts, right? What are these conventional ways of living, the conventional scripts around marriage and children and societal norms, and sort of his perspective as a man living in this world and how these scripts are affecting him, how he is challenging or questioning the status quo, and what we can do as people who want to maybe just defy some of these social pressures and not conform to tradition in all of the ways. How do we actually pave our own path and create a life that feels incredibly authentic to us despite you know, the fact that it may not feel good or look good to other people. So this is a very wholesome chat between two friends and I love it. There are lots of laughs here. We recorded this earlier in the year. I want to say it was right after I moved into this particular townhome. So it's been in my vault for a little bit of time, but you know, I think it's aged pretty well as a conversation. And I am just so, so, so excited for y'all to finally meet JC and to finally hear just some of the things that he and I talk about all the time. So my loves, I hope you guys enjoy this one. As you're listening to this one, I am currently in Mexico on a trip for work. So I will be turning up, but not really. I'm I'm not turning up. 
I'm actually getting work done and meeting my coworkers, some of which I haven't or some of who I haven't met ever since working at this company for years and years. So I'm very excited about that. But I hope you guys enjoy this particular episode. Grab yourself a little snack, okay? If you're driving, you're on your way to school, you're on your way to work, and maybe don't eat and drive. I don't know. Can y'all like eat and drive? I feel like I struggle to do that. Like the only thing I can do that with is maybe like, uh, what is what is that thing called? A wake up wrap from Dunkin' Donuts and a coffee. Because I get weird about eating in my car and people eating in my car. I'm just like that person. I don't like crumbs. I don't like weird smells. Sometimes I go to Flower Child and I get a bowl and it has broccoli in it. And then like by the time I go from Flower Child to home, my freaking car smells like broccoli. And y'all know broccoli smells like fart. So I just get weird about foods up in my car, girl. And then the my uh, wake up wraps from Dunkin', they all smell like a damn thing. I mean, they smell a little bit like egg, but not really, you know, because it's the it's the artificial egg. It's the eog. <laughs> So it's not really that strong of a scent. But anyways, my love, grab yourself a little, you know, whatever beverage, a snack, you know, just vibe with me, vibe with me, put your robe on, get your socks on, let's get cozy, let's have a hot cocoa. And let's go ahead and dive into the conversation with me and JC. JC. Deandra. Welcome to Manifest Daily. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on. I know. We've been talking about doing this forever. For like the longest time. So this has been a long time coming. I'm super excited to have you on. We're going to get into some juicy questions today. Let's do it. Yes. ready. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. First of all, we got to give the people an intro. I feel like I've mentioned you on the show before, but like, let's talk about like you. Who are you? Okay. So (laughs) I'm Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all the vibes. Uh, most people call me JC. So I'm a tech consultant and I work from home full time. Yeah, huge movie and music nerd. I mean, I, do we get into the story of like how we yeah, met? I think we should. I, I feel like I've shared it on an episode before. Okay. I don't know if I give the people all the tea. So like, let's do like a you tell it from your perspective. I'll kind of like jump in with my perspective and we'll kind of go back, go, okay. go back and forth. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. So this started like, this was a year ago, I think early last year. So I was fresh out of a relationship, was like living on my own. And like, I think my social circle, like here in DFW had like fallen by the wayside. And I was like, man, like I was having bouts of like wanting to go hang out with friends and do that. And I like didn't really have a social circle. So I did, you know, what I do with everything, which was uh, go on the internet and look on Reddit. Love the internet. Yeah. <laughs> so, also love Reddit. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which I use for everything. And I was actually looking for like how people that were working from home were dealing with like either feeling lonely or like being on their own or not like struggling to make friends. And funny enough, like the first post on Reddit was your post. Yeah. Yeah. So I clicked on it and then it was like, you know, talking about, oh, I just moved to Dallas and like I haven't made any friends yet and like looking to meet people. And it was just like so odd to me that it was like less than a year ago, like from that time period, but the the fact that you were in Dallas. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to reach out. Like, And I've kind of had this happen before where I met one of my best friends on Reddit. So I was like, you know what? And so I just wrote a message and I was like, hey, like, hope you don't think this is weird. (laughs) But really, and just kind of like laid it out there and was like, I'm really, you know, just looking to make friends. And and funny enough, like at that time, I didn't know if you were a dude or girl. I didn't know anything until I hit send. And then of course you can like look at your Reddit post and I was like, oh, cool. Like, 
And then weeks went by, <laughs> like, yeah. which, which which was fine because I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm just reaching out. You know, if they message back, cool. If they don't, it's fine. But then you actually message back. And we just kind of like hit it off. We started talking about uh, our move to DFW, like our interest. And then we met up for coffee and we were both like looking for friends in the area. And yeah, from the first time we had coffee, we just hit it off, started talking about everything. Yeah, And I think a part of it, to bring in the astrology. <laughs> Some of my best friends are Taurus and I'm a Scorpio. I Because I yeah. told you I attract yeah. a lot of Scorpios into my life. Like I have a lot of Scorpio in my chart and I feel like that's another reason we hit it off is because yeah. like we really like to go deep with the conversations. Like we're very blunt. We're very, like that's one thing I appreciate about our friendship is like you give it to me straight. Like you're not messing around like no bullshit. You're like, listen. Yeah, this is what <laughs> well, it let is. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that was like those early conversations that we, we kind of just like right off the bat started talking that way and I think it's because like we didn't really know each other and it was like what do you have to lose but we had like deep honest conversation from early on and then yeah we just hit it off and so we we had like similar like big goals big aspirations just in different fields and yeah. so connected on that and I don't know just over the last year became great friends I know <laughs> oh my god yeah it was kind of the same thing for me where I had gone back home and I came back to DFW and I was really wanting to like lean into building a community here because I was just like it almost felt like I had one foot in one foot out where mm-hmm. DFW didn't really fully feel like it was home, but I wanted to actually make sure that I was like leaning in and making it home. And so I went on Reddit and funny enough, like I had never really posted anything on Reddit, nor was it yet the place where I went for a lot of things. So me even posting it was just kind of so random. And so I ended up posting it. And when I came back, that's when I actually looked at the messages and I saw your message. And I was just like, oh my God. And same thing with you. I didn't know if you were a guy. I didn't know if you were... Actually, I don't think you mentioned it. I think you... No, you said your name, I think. And so I think I did know. Okay. So yeah, but I just didn't know anything else about you. You gave me like your Instagram or something. And then I went on your Instagram and from there we started talking. But it was really just like both of us being again in like a similar place where we're really trying to lean into community. We both had similar interests from the start. So it felt very organic. Yeah. And I I think we met at like Ascension the yeah, first time, Ascension. which now Ascension has come to be one of my favorite coffee shops yeah. here. So but good. so good, right? I actually had a friend um, B message me this morning and she was like, Ascension is still the best coffee I've ever had. Yeah, <laughs> so, I love the place. Great and she's vibe. in Costa Rica right now. Oh, like, wow. yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's really big compliment to Ascension right there. But yeah, I think like just both of us, again, leaning into the community aspect and wanting to actually like make friends and be very open-minded at that time and season in our life was like it served us really well so yeah <laughs> yeah it's great and I think we were in a similar space too because we were both we both wanted community more than anything but we were also kind of single and like in the dating scene so like we yeah. connected on the aspect of like what was your experience like what was yours and like what's your profile like so you were helping me take pictures and like profile review yeah. and I was reviewing yours <laughs> and then we would like talk about all of our different crazy dating experiences so. yeah that's such a lovely and organic segue yeah. <laughs> into the next thing I wanted to talk about which is like modern dating. So (laughs) let's talk about that because at the very beginning, I think that was something that, again, you know, we were both really, what's the word I'm looking for? We weren't struggling with it, but we're really leaning into dating. And I think we both leaned on each other for that advice from the other side because I could give you advice from like the feminine perspective, you could give me from the masculine. And it was kind of like, again, the the very honest, (laughs) straightforward approach of like, I'm not going to just say what you want me to say. I'm going to tell you what I actually think. So, 
Like, how was that for you when you were first dating, coming here and kind of navigating like the apps and all that? I think it was, I mean, it was different when I first moved because when I first moved, I think I wasn't exactly sure what I was looking for and mm. what I wanted. So the approach was different. I definitely had much of a, much more of a kind of chill, relax, like if it happens, it happens type deal. But I think where where I was last year, especially like when you and I met, was very much more intentional dating. So like we, you know, you and I would discuss kind of the nuances of like the different, what you're looking for on Hinge, right? Like life partner versus like long-term partner and and going through that and like, how do I give off this like authentic self, but while also communicating like, I want something serious. And we were, you know, both kind of looking for that. So I think with that, it was a bit of a struggle. Like modern dating has its challenges, but um, I think you know you were helping me review my profile. But not only that, I think just having that perspective of like even like oh how you communicate and what you're looking for, um, having your opinion on that or like your view on that was super helpful. Yeah, and I feel like another thing that we both kind of talked about a lot, and I know I struggled with this with a lot, was just kind of when you're online dating and there's so many options. Yes. and so I went through like a lot of the the people ghosting yeah. <laughs> just kind of like and you were there during that struggle and kind of you know could hear could hear from my side but it was almost like we both encountered this situation where people online were it almost felt like people were looking for this like very perfect relationship right. as you're getting to know someone coming up on either challenges or maybe not being on the same page with someone, but really like us wanting to work on that because we were intentionally dating and dating for the long term. There was a lot of encountering people who weren't maybe mm-hmm. looking for the same thing. And I remember that being a bit of a struggle in like the the actual process as well. Yeah, definitely. I remember having to kind of shift my approach to that when I started being a bit more intentional and then really intentional and almost treating it more like a true screening process, like right out the gate. So, you know, you have these profiles and, you know, are you attracted to this person? Do you like, you know, what they say? And then liking them. And if you happen to match, but then like almost, and not in a bad way, but immediately evaluating kind of the dynamic between us. So for example, the communication style, like were they super responsive? Did they show a lot of interest? Were they matching interest? And I know a lot of people, and and you and I have discussed this, you know, a lot of people view it as like, oh, don't show too much interest or don't do this or that. But if you're also looking for someone that's, you know, also serious about finding a relationship, you want to have that, that similar interest, you know, it's kind of like, oh, heck yeah, like, let's get together. Like, oh, I'm super excited. Or they really enjoy talking to you. Granted, we know that, you know, everyone can kind of have multiple people that they're talking to, but if they're showing a lot of interest in getting to know you, like that was a green flag. So really just screening for those and not, no matter how much I may have initially been attracted to them, not letting kind of the lack of either interest or mismatch communication styles, like not letting those override it. Instead, I would say, no, we need to match on these things. Yeah. And then I feel like that creates that good foundation to then build on, you know, so the similar interest, but, you know, you mentioned, you know, like everyone's looking for this perfect thing. And I think it was important to remember no one's perfect. There's not a perfect person, but definitely make sure that you don't settle on the big things, you know, yeah, like, like the non-negotiables. Yeah, the non-negotiables. So really, you know, understanding what those are for you and screening for them early. Like, you know, there's no downside to that. And if, you know, you're meeting people that are lacking that intentionality or maybe are intimidated by that, then they're probably not the person for you anyway.
About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in the squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. I really appreciated that approach to dating because I, I feel like especially as a woman, there are so many different things, different like thought processes, ideologies that you're fed, where a lot of times we are in many ways kind of conditioned to settle, right? And it's like, okay, well, guys are going to do this. Men are just going to be like this. And and so it's like, okay, you just have to kind of deal with it. Again, going back to your point, like I don't think there's anyone out here that's perfect, right? right? I think that's just kind of like not a thing. But I do think that to your point, you need to match up on those very core non-negotiables for yourself. And at the beginning of my journey, I think I was in like the exploration phase, like when I first moved here, just kind of dating, learning about what dating even looked like. Cause I had never had a season where I was like actually meeting men, going on dates, like getting to know, well, do I like this? Do I not like this? And when I moved to Addison and that's when around the time that you and I met, that's when I was really starting to be like, okay, I want to be a bit more intentional about this because I'm meeting people that aren't up to my standard, but what is my standard? What do I actually want? Like, what is that non-negotiable for me? And as much as I can sit here and be like, okay, well, I hated the the ghosting and I hated some of the experiences that I had. I don't regret them because they actually made me learn about what my standard is. Yes. And so now that I'm in that place, I can be like, you know what? I want this, this, and this. And if the person can't give me those bare minimums for you know our relationship and what it looks like to communicate with me or to spend time with me or whatever, then I don't want it. Right. <laughs> I don't. I don't want it. And you know, it takes time to get there sometimes because you know I'm very much like a companion person. I I love to be in a relationship where I love to kind of have that companionship, but I don't think that it's worth like the expense of my peace or it's worth me feeling like, oh, I've settled just to be here. I'm in a relationship, but is it one that I want to be in? Is it a good one? Is it one that serves me? I don't know. Like, and it needs to be that, you know? Absolutely. And that's the thing is, you know, we talk about, you know, it's, do you want a relationship or the relationship? Yeah. Because I think it's a lot easier to get into a relationship than people 
realize like you can just kind of hop into anything, you know, and that never really pans out. You know? yeah. so, but there's a lot of work that goes into not only finding, but also mainly creating the relationship. And so you want to start that off with a good foundation. And you kind of do that by screening early and for the, the non-negotiables or similar interest and in yeah. not only in each other, but interests you have in the world. Like, do you like the same things and stuff like that? Yeah. I want to go back to another thing you mentioned too, which was the communication yeah. style and the screening, which you and I have similar communication styles. Yeah. And I remember that came up a lot too, that we talked about because we would both kind of encounter people that maybe weren't consistent with their yeah. communication or who just like didn't actually like to talk. And like, I don't know about you. Well, actually, no, I do know about yeah. you. Like you, you need someone and I need someone who's like able to talk about like the deep stuff, get, you know, actually have conversations and not keep it very surface level or not chat at all. Again, going back to another way that I guess I feel like I was conditioned or, or sometimes I would chat with certain friends and I would get this advice of, well, you know, don't show your cards too early or don't show that you're interested too early or don't do this because it almost feels like you're coming on too strong. And I feel like that's another thing that I hated hearing about and I still hate hearing about as a single person. It's like, oh, don't do this because you don't want to come on too strong. But it's like, my personality is strong, baby. Like, that's just yeah. how I am. So if I have to hide bits and pieces of myself at the very beginning in order to get someone to like me, how does that serve me moving forward if I then have to like reveal who I am? I'm gonna, it's, it's gonna be such a jarring experience for them and yeah. probably for me. So I really appreciated your approach because similarly, you were kind of like, this is who I am. I'm going in and I'm showing people this from the start. If they vibe with it, they they do. And if they don't, they don't, they don't. And I know that we both had experiences where people felt like we were coming on too strong or we were very intense, which we are, yeah. but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's just for the people that, are right for you, you're going to be just right. You're not going to be too intense or too mellow. Exactly. You know? Because it's like if you're if you are mellow, you just kind of go with the flow. You don't communicate that often. You're great with that. And that's, you know, I would argue that's what you want to find in your partner. But if you're on the other side of the spectrum, which you know we are, which is more intense, talk deep conversations or just, you know, chit chat about kind of anything, you do want to show that immediately because that's who you are. And that's with a partner, that's what you're going to want. That's going to be your primary person that you're going to and talking about your day or deep topics. And so if you're seeing that from uh, the beginning, that's a great sign. So, you know, why there's no, to me, you know, it's the opposite advice is why wait, why hold that back? Just show it immediately. And if they vibe, they vibe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> We love the dating chat. Oh, yes. Yeah. I don't know if we should go into friendships or like the life scripts yet. Cause I almost feel like I want to go into like the life stuff. Cause yeah, it's just let's, so. Let's do it. Yeah. I feel like we've kind of been tapping on that a bit as we talk about. I guess the conventional yeah. ways of doing things are some of the the more what what's the word I'm looking for? Like I feel like I'm struggling with my like words there. Societal. In- I mean, I think you know we we talk like philosophical on a lot of things, but it's yeah. just kind of like this. There's so many societal scripts, you know, in the dating, but with friends and also mm-hmm. with like life journeys and things like that. So and kind of bucking those. So where where do you want to start? I kind of want to start with the overall life script because this is something that I you know I've been having my my existential crisis as per usual about (laughs) this and I think you know we've been talking about this a bit more there's this like conventional life script where you get married 
You have the kids, you get the two dogs, you get the house, white picket fence, and you live this like happily ever afterlife. And I've been in this season of questioning that. And I think it's a bit of like the Venus retrograde being in my seventh house of committed relationships. So I'm questioning what does a committed relationship look like to me? And what does it look like for me to actually have a life that's like very valuable and fulfilling to me? Also some other transits that are going on in my first house, but you know, moving away from the astrology and just kind of keeping it grounded in this in this life, it's like, I'm really starting to question those scripts. And I guess I would love to know like your thoughts about those. And are have you had moments where you've questioned those scripts? Are, is that something they're questioning now? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, we all reach a point probably multiple times in our life where we have that existential crisis of what am I doing? What should I be doing? And, you know, we turn to kind of societal advice of like, oh, well, what's the norm? And we use that as a kind of a starting point. But one thing I, I love to say, and, you know, I've told you many times is there are no rules. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, you get one life and you can kind of, you know, for the most part, do what you want. So from that perspective is, you know, it really, to me, starts with evaluating your priorities, what you truly want in kind of a closed space. When I say closed space, I mean, whether you're journaling or just in your own head before letting that input of really anything else, the friend's point of view, family, and kind of figuring out what it is that's important to you. Uh, I think that's an incredibly it's a good way to start it off and just not even, you know, I would argue not even take in societal views at all. You can kind of let that guide you in the sense that, you know, if it's like, oh, we'll get married and have kids. There's plenty of examples of people getting married and kids and you can kind of see how that plays out and kind of using that to guide you. Like when you see someone that's got, you know, four kids and their evenings are filled with practices and appointments and all this, Mm -hmm. and you're letting that guide you in that, is that what I want, you know, Mm -hmm. or is this for me? But I think, you know, in starting that, just looking at truly what you want and not letting society tell you what to do, but also not tell you that you can't do it. You know, so like, you know, you talk about the the life script things, a lot of where I feel like I've struggled with that is more on the professional front, you know, that you get a job, you pick kind of a tract, whether it's like, oh, I'm going to be a software engineer. And then there's a promotion chain through that. And, or if you're like, oh, I'm on the business side and there's a, you know, promotion chain to becoming an executive. And I feel like I don't ascribe to that at all. You know, I have a background in lending, I have a master's in business, and then I did that for a while and then switched gears and went to the computer science route because I like tech. I uh, got, you know, got a, the second master's there. And, but I also love music, music production. So I kind of like learned that. And, you know, I may not have the script necessarily of how all that will blend together, but I know it's something I can do and kind of work on all these different things and just not ascribe to that societal view of, well, you got to pick a career and just go with that. You know what I mean? And I think the same thing can, like that view can be applied to personal relationships. You know, like if you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to get married and this is what we're supposed to do, or, or maybe I have a marriage that looks unconventional to some, or maybe, you know, having a kid on it, whether I do it on my own or having two or eight or one, like society should have no real opinion on that. They do, but shouldn't. And I think you got to do what you feel is best for you. Yeah. I agree with you with kind of doing that in a closed space and trying to almost eliminate the idea of what will other people think, which is incredibly hard to do. And I think it's hard because we are social creatures, right? So by going against the grain, you are in some ways ostracizing yourself and isolating yourself, which can be like a really disempowering and like 
terrifying experience, right? Whether that's like your family or perhaps just kind of like your broader community or your your coworkers, right. it's it's hard. So, but I do think um, I actually posted about this on Threads the other day. I was saying something like, at the end of the day, no one knows your experience like you do, right? And no one knows what is right for you like you do. Like you have that intuitive sense. You have that kind of like knowing, even though you might not know exactly where it will lead or like what, you know, step 105 looks like, you probably know what your next one should be, or at least you have some sort of intuitive sense. And I feel like doing that, following that and kind of allowing yourself to explore without this, you know, oh my God, what will people think um, is really, really important. And when you start to realize that at the end of the day, like you said, you have one life. Like it's a, some people think it's a morbid thought. I actually think it's quite freeing to realize like, oh my God, we're going to die someday and we don't know if it's tomorrow or we don't know if it's like in 2095 or whatever. But it's like, if you know that you're literally going to die, right? Why would you spend your entire life trying to do shit for other people? Exactly. It's like, maybe, no, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I, I completely agree with it. And you know, it's so crazy as you're talking about like this blend of the music and the computer science and the tech and the business. And, and you're like, I don't know how it fits together. I was chatting with like this new friend. I, met. I have to introduce y'all. Um, she owns like this like healing house. Um, oh, it's kind dope. of in, it's near, what's that neighborhood called? It's like White Rock Lake or yeah, White, White Rock? Rock Lake. Yeah. Yeah. Like that area. It's so, it's such a cute street. We were kind of having a discussion about this and she was saying how we've gotten so used to building things a certain way or creating life in a certain way, right? And this next wave of reality or society, we don't know what it looks like because it hasn't been built yet. So the people that have come here to help to create that foundation, we're doing something in a way that hasn't been done yet. So a lot of times that means stepping out into the unknown, stepping out into the void, doing things, you know, in a very unconventional way because it's not the way that we're used to. But we are the, the vision or the visionaries, the leaders of the future. And so we we need to actually do that and kind of like follow that. And so, you know, this career, it's like, okay, there might be software engineer, musician, uh, business person. They're all separated, right? But in the future, there is a path where they all converge and they all meet. And you are offering your services, your healing, your medicine, so to speak, in like whatever way that you're supposed to. And it might not look like what we are used to things looking like. And so I'm really trying to like step in to that because even with like my business in Manifest Daily, I, you know, I see people doing like courses and coaching and this and that. And I'm just like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, yeah, it might be a lucrative path and it might be what people want to do, but I don't feel aligned with that. But then sometimes I'm like, well, what do I actually want to do? Because I feel like I'm dabbling in all the things. But then you know what I do do is when I allow myself to like actually follow what lights me up. Like today I was like working on the website for the planner launch. And I love, I just like love that kind of stuff. And I realized I actually really like creating physical products. Like I'm already thinking about the products I want to release in 2024. And I'm already thinking about just like what this can look like, like partnerships, collaborations, events, all of these things. It's not a traditional model by any means for for someone in this space but it's the model that I want to create right it's it's not necessarily a model that exists but it's a model that I'm about to make yeah. <laughs> so we about to do this shit you know what I'm saying yeah 100% yeah. and I think that's why that's exactly why you have to throw out that societal view because you touched on it on this you know not only being a visionary and following kind of what lights you up but even then like there's you have to be cautious because even when we think 
oh, there's we're going to be innovative. We immediately ascribe a societal view of innovative. We compare yeah. ourselves to Zuckerberg or Musk or Steve Jobs, like if you're in the tech field. Yeah. And you think, oh, well, I got to start this app in my garage, right? Or I got to do this. So we immediately, and I think, you know, on a deeper level, I think us humans, we're always looking for comfort. And even in that unfamiliar zone, we're looking for that kind of stabilization, like something to hold on to. But I think you just honestly have to let it go. You have to accept both sides of the coin. If you're stepping into the unknown, you have to accept that it's unknown. You know, you can't immediately turn to, well, this is how so-and-so did it, you know? And so you're talking about like the product design and, you know, you you're like, I don't know how that's going to look or, you know, how it's going to come together, but, and it may be completely different than anyone else has done it, but then you do it and then you're what other people are looking to yeah. when, when they're in that kind of same headspace. So, you know, I think it's important to, to truly start with, you know, throwing that out and one, learning what you can and then following, like you said, following what sets you on fire. Yeah. It's so funny that you mentioned Steve, Steve Jobs, <laughs> not Steve. <laughs> yeah, Steve Jobs. Stevie. <laughs> but no, because um, I, I love that quote from him. I mean, you know that long ass quote it's like something about like the crazy ones yeah. and like the people who are basically seeing the world in a different way who are brave enough to step out into the unknown and do things in a way that we are not used to are the ones who are going to change the world and I completely think that's true I mean I think that there's something to be said about tradition and people who are here to kind of challenge that in some way like that's kind of maybe their path is to challenge um, the the innovation and the change and to to want to keep us in like that old paradigm or in those old ideologies. But I definitely feel like as a collective, we're kind of feeling it a lot more. You know, people just questioning, like, why are things the way they are? Why do we have to do it this way? Why can't it be a different way? And you're seeing people start to like actually push back against that and yeah. question it. And I feel like this is such an interesting time to like be on earth and to be existing and to kind of be seeing the the collective change happen on this like, or in this time. You know what yeah. I mean? And so there's, you know, you say that it's like, we are definitely in it interesting time. And again, keeping it with the, the societal pressure thing, it's like, in, okay, so in computer science, they have a concept of like the golden hammer, which is like, there's not this tool that you can use to kind of fix every problem. There are certain tools that work in better scenarios. And I feel like that can really be applied to tradition. You know, when you're evaluating how you want to build your life or what, you know, quote unquote tools you're using, and you're looking at those traditions that you follow does it serve you? You know, there's, you don't want to reinvent the wheel. You know, I would recommend, you know, if you're like, for example, you know, building the website, you don't need to start from scratch. You're using tools to build that. But even with your life, you can rely on this and be like, oh, this is how it's always been done because it works and I'm going to follow that. But here's where I'm going to follow an entirely different path or create my own path. But you get to choose to do that, you know, yeah. and there's society will have their opinions on, oh, no, you need to, if you're going to do this, then you need to do that. And again, I fall back on the, there are no rules. So yeah. You can choose what you want to do. Yeah. But it it is a journey in Absolutely. doing that for sure. I had an episode, what was it? Maybe a year ago to this day now where I talked about kids and I was just like, do I even want to have kids? And it's interesting because that question has come back around for me. And I actually was listening to a podcast yesterday on Diary of a CEO podcast. And it was, um, oh my God, I'm, oh, I'm blanking on her name, but she has been the CMO at like Uber, Apple, a couple other big Netflix, yeah. a couple other big places. And in her talk, it was really refreshing because she talked a lot about like this stuff, right? Yeah. Just kind of like creating your own rules, like allowing yourself to, to exist. And she also talked a lot about allowing yourself to know that you're living this life for yourself, not for anyone else. And even as a mother, she said that. And I thought that was so refreshing because I think we also see this 
pattern in society where, again, women are seen as like the nurturers, right? We're seen as like, okay, you're here to to care for everyone, right? Whether it's your partner, your family, your parents, your child. And we're sort of like, you know, supposed to put ourselves at the bottom of that list, right? It's like, no, you need to care for this person first, their higher priority. And she came on the show and she said, no, I am my first priority even before my daughter. And I thought that was so incredibly refreshing. It's not like she's like, you know, neglecting her child, but she said, if I can't take care of myself first, how am I supposed to take care of her? And she also talked about Oh, geez. What was it? She was talking about like relationships as well and kind of her commitment and passion for her career and just really allowing that to lead her. And that's another thing I think is, again, going back to like women, we're we're not taught to like lean into that. Every time, you know, I feel like I'm leaning into that and I'm really like, I want to do something big in my career. I think it's like for men, I feel like that's the standard. It's like, as a man, you need to be the provider, you need to do this. And so you're like, you got to lean into career. You got to bring the big bucks home. But a woman is like, no, 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 you got to, you got to lean into family. You got to lean into to creating kids and to creating, you know, the, the legacy for the man and like all of these things. And it's just so like, I am so tired of it. <laughs> like, I am so exhausted from it. And it's like, uh, I don't even know where I was going with this. I feel like I just went on a whole long no, tangent because I was, be going somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I was going no, somewhere. But, but yeah. Yeah. When you have that and that constant pressure, I mean, it affects everything. It affects the questions you're asking yourself on what you want to do with your life, but also in dating. And we've, we've talked about those stories, you know, in our, our experiences in dating where you know, you've mentioned that different guys that are like, once you start opening up and talking about your business and how you run that, kind of the comments that they make. Because again, there's this expectation. It's it is, the it passive aggressive. Do you yes. remember that one time? I was like thinking about this other day, like that one guy who, when he came to my house and I, like he saw my TV was like mounted and he asked like, did I mount it? And I was like, no, like I paid someone to have it mounted. And he was like, oh, he made like some comment like, yeah. oh, like, of course, like you would do that or like have the money for that or something. He's like, most people like don't have the money to get their TV. Which I was like, ridiculous. what the fuck are like, why the fuck are you like, making this comment? Yeah. I was like, this is so, like, just fucking out of left field. Like, are you well? Yeah. Yeah. Going back to why we screened early. Because, yeah, what <laughs> yeah. the hell kind of... Who makes that comment on TV? It was just so unhinged. But, yeah, I do. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's ridiculous out yeah. there sometimes. It's... Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, no, like, that pressure... It's kind of wild. And I think like allowing yourself to, oh, you know, now I remember where I was going with this shit. Okay. The lady in the, in the episode, she was talking about how she questioned whether or not she wanted to have kids for like a long time. And then she got pregnant with like, I think it was like her second partner. They were married and five years in, she got pregnant and he was so excited. And her initial reaction, she like sobbed, but she wasn't sobbing out of like, oh my God, I'm so happy. She was like, fuck, my life is over. And then she ended up proceeding with the pregnancy. Um, She didn't really go too much into that, but even that I'm like, oh my God, okay, if you're sobbing when you find out, but then you're like, okay, let me proceed. Already there there feels like a disconnect there. But then she has, she goes through, she's like five months in and they find out, you know, something's wrong with the baby and her pregnancy had to end. And so that's when she kind of felt like that motherly instinct, so to speak, kick in. Then she goes on to talk about how like for her, even after having the child, it was like, she still really cared for her career. She didn't want to slow down. And I think there was that expectation for her to like slow down. Like now you're a mom, you have to do this, this and this. And she was like, no, look, I, I really love my career. I love what I'm building. Like, yes, now she ended up having like another child, but 
she ended up really saying she wanted to lean into her career. And so I think just that entire conversation was super refreshing to just one, have a black woman speak on being the CMO at these like multiple, just big companies for one, and just kind of talking about how her path wasn't really this linear path of how she got there. But then two, talking about how she just never really craved motherhood like that. She really had that passion for her career. And I don't know, it's just like really refreshing to hear and just, yeah. yeah. I think with, I mean, with everything, there's shades of it, right? Like you can be very passionate about your career, but it doesn't mean you're obsessed. It means that it's really important to you. You can be, you can decide, I want to be a parent and I'm going to do, you know, not only the logical, but the emotional things to be what I view as a good parent, but you don't have to be obsessed with it. Just like you can be like, I love my partner. I want to give them a great life. I want to build this. It doesn't mean you're obsessed with it, or it may mean that you're, that's not your number one priority. You know, and I think it starts with being honest with yourself and then, of course, with those involved. But I think there's a lot less people involved than we think they are. And what I mean is like when you choose to have, you know, a a kid and you've made the determination, my career is going to be important to me. This is kind of the key thing. You're still there for your kid. You're still love, support communication. But are you going to be one of the parents that allows their kid to be in six different sports? No, you're, you allow them to be in one sport. They get the experience and you don't have to go to six different practices. Or you know, do you work with them on their homework a little bit, but then maybe you hire a nanny to help you know watch them or help out around the house? Again, society has their opinions on that. Like, oh no, you should do this, you should do that. But I think you can follow it with almost any aspect of your life, society, people will have an opinion on it. They will always have an opinion. It's kind of a thing of like, oh, well, the dad doesn't spend too much time with his kid. He's a bad dad. Well, taking it in a morbid direction, if his wife had passed and he has to work the same amount of hours to, to kind of take care of his kid, oh, now he's a hero, right? Like, oh, he's doing all this for his kid. It's the same situation, but in one way, society views it one way and another, they view it a different way. And the key in that is just remembering they're always going to have, people are going to have their view, they're going to have their opinion, but that should never guide what you choose to do or what it should look like. You know, how you decide to have a kid, you know, if you decide to have one, doesn't necessarily need to look like it does for anybody else. It can be unique in its own way. And that's perfectly okay. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop. One scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. 
I love to add in the squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. I really liked what you said yesterday about the, what is it that we're willing to suffer for? Yes. Yeah. You want to elaborate? Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, in, in just in our talks and that kind of existential, like, what should I be doing or what do I want to do? I think rather than starting, I think there's a lot of utility in asking yourself, you know, what sets my soul on fire? What are my interests? But when you're determining what you ultimately want to do, I think a great question to start with is what are you willing to suffer for? And what I mean is, you know, I can say all day, I want to be, you know, a rock star. I want to, you know, have the biggest band in the world. Or, But am I going to dedicate the eight hours a day, lock myself away and play the guitar and practice the note over and over and then go out there and take every, you know, show, whether it's in Dallas or I got to drive 16 hours. Am I willing to suffer for that? Is that truly what I want to do? Similar thing with having a kid. You know, it's great to think, oh, do I want a kid? And we immediately think of the nice things of like, oh, this little person that's a mini me and carrying my on. No, think about the when they're it's 4 a.m. and they're puking everywhere and they're super sick, or they have practice, or they told you that they forgot their assignment and you need to run to the store and get. Think of all those. Are you willing to suffer for that? And if that answer is yes, absolutely, then that will help guide you. But I think that's there's so much more use in asking yourself that. So when we talk about like the business and things like that and all the difficulties that come with that, it's a matter of saying, yeah, I choose this suffering. This is this is what I want. I know that this is what I want. Yeah. That reminds me of like all the the recent hiccups with the yeah. planners that I've been like telling you about where it's like the the shipment was delayed and then I was like I, you know receiving all these pallets and then I had to like get a storage unit to store them and then I'm most likely going to have to come back from Europe early to like receive the shipment to meet the people and do all these things cuz it's late and you know I had that moment and even before we had this conversation of the the what are you willing to suffer for where I just kind of was like you know what this is the cost like this yeah. is the cost of being a business owner this if I can't handle you know a late shipment of my inventory or or if I can't ha- handle having to cut a personal trip short because I have to take care of my actual business, right. then how am I going to handle it when it's it's grown even more? How am I going to handle it when there are customer service issues and I have to take care of it, or when I have to hire and people aren't doing the things they're supposed to do yeah. when you know they're employed? And so it's kind of like really understanding what you're getting into exactly. and and trying to evaluate from there. Like, is this something that I actually like? You said, am, am I willing to suffer for this? Am I willing Willing to go through, you know, the annoying moments because that's what you have to go through in order to also receive the reward. And when I sat with that, I was like, yeah, like this is this is the cost. And I'm like, you know what? Let me step into my big girl pants, if you will. And I'm like, let me handle this shit because like this is what I want to do. And for me, I also see that as kind of like almost like um, oh god, the term is lost in my head. Kind of like um, Limit like test? graduation. Oh no, oh like no. <laughs> Well, like kind of in a way, but you know, sort of like this is like you are, can you handle this to be given the rest? 
right? right? So I always like to say, you know, not like you're being tested, like, oh my God, like, yeah. let's see if she can pass. But more like if you're, think of it like school. Like, I, and I said this um, the other day, but I was like, think of like life, like school, like a life school. If you're in the sixth grade and you need to go to like the seventh grade, which has like the stuff that you're like dreaming about yeah. and like, the experiences that you want, you got to take like a final or some sort of test to show that everything you learned in that sixth grade, like you've, you've understood it and you've mastered it. So it's not a, a bad or good thing. It's more like a, did you master this? level before you can kind of be introduced to the next things and the the next rewards and the next level. And so that's kind of how I saw it is like, okay, this is like, I I have to master these things. I have to kind of learn how to respond and react in a calm manner in a way that's going to solve the problem and not in a way that's going to be like, oh my God, I'm panicked because the shipment's late. Like, what am I going to do? It's like, there's always a solution. Like, are you going to just like panic or are you going to like sit down, get calm and figure it out? Right. And it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's business, relationship, because it's the same thing using that to evaluate relationships, right? It's, it's easy to think about, do I want a partner and think about, oh, well, I have someone to go to the movies with and hold hands. But then comparing that to kind of the single life is, are you ready to have the the six hour long conversation where you're rehashing something or your feelings are hurt, their feelings are hurt, or if it gets very serious and you're married, you know, are you willing to be there when you have your own priorities, but they have a family member get sick or that, you know, there's some kind of support. And now that is more important than what you had on your plate. Again, what are you willing to suffer for? Because all of that comes with relationship. Just like you were saying, you know, with your business, the shipping issues or things are going to pop up. And some people may say, you know, I never want to deal with a, a shipping issue or have to be, you know, on hold for an hour <laughs> yeah. you know, with the logistics <laughs> team or any of that and say, that's not for me. But that's kind of the test you can use. Do I really want to do this? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good test, a good yeah. question to ask yourself. And, oh, I had a good thought. It went away. Catch it. Oh, wait, it was on the partnerships. Because I was going to say that goes back to kind of like when you're thinking about what you want in a partner and those non-negotiables, asking yourself that to help guide that. Because it's like, for me, I know there's just certain things I don't want to deal with in a partnership or in a partner. I'm like, I just, I simply can't. I have no patience for it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I know like that's part of my non-negotiables, like either certain traits or certain things, or they're on the flip side, there are certain things where I'm like, my partner has to be this type of person. Like I need someone who's able to like, be ambitious, who's able to understand that sometimes I'm I'm gonna be busy. <laughs> and and when I'm busy and I'm in the zone and I'm working and I'm getting shit done, like I can't, I'm sorry, but like I'm I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think it takes a person who understands that and who maybe has like their own thing going on to kind of get that in the way that I need them to. But that's something that I've come to realize through dating and through those experiences. So yeah, it really does help govern a lot of pretty much everything in your life. Like that question of what are you willing to suffer for and kind of evaluating and kind of going backwards from there. And I think that goes what, you know, back to why you start with yourself because you you really have to be honest with yourself. You know, you have to have that conversation with yourself and ask, you know, no, I I do want someone that's ambitious. You know, maybe I've dated someone that wasn't or maybe I haven't, but I noticed that I'm attracted to people that are ambitious and that's what you seek. And it's, you know, ambition, I feel like is a societal one where people are like, oh yeah, everyone wants ambition. But I would be the counterpoint because you and I have discussed this, that as ambitious and all the things that I'm pursuing, I think if I dated someone that was just as ambitious as me, it would, we would never see each other. Yeah, You know, so it's like, it's societal is like, oh no, everyone wants ambitious. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want someone that's as ambitious. I want someone that's cool with me being ambitious, which may sound 
you know, selfish or, but I think that's just what works for me. And the thing is, is that regardless of what society says, you know, on anything, your preferences or your non-negotiables is truly accept like, Hey, this is what, this is what works for me. And that goes, you know, that is one of the positive sides with the modern dating going back to dating apps is there's, there's more than one person out there for you. And you think there's, you know, I like to use the analogy like puzzle piece. So, you know, if your quirk is, and I I don't use quirk in a, a bad way, but if you, you know, if your likes are for this one particular thing, there's someone that that matches with or that they're cool with that, or they're cool with you being ambitious, a leader. You know, I'm very fortunate to have a girlfriend that totally supports my pursuing of several, you know, different avenues, whether it's, business ideas or hobbies and I treat them all with the same importance but that's you know what I need is someone to, that kind of accepts that because if someone just kind of blew it off or you know if we wouldn't match for a lot of reasons and my point in saying all that is just whatever it is that makes you you whatever it is that is important to you that match exists out there yeah i really love the stories of like those couples, um, who was it? There was one the other day. She's like the founder of Durf Avenue. I think her name is Matilda, Matilda Durf. And her and her partner started the business like years ago. And it's like grow. And actually pretty recently, I think it was like maybe during COVID. And it's like grown. It's like a multi-million dollar business oh, wow. now. Yeah. But I remember they, I listened to a podcast episode with the two of them. And they were talking about that, just kind of like how much they both work. But they work really closely together in the business when they started. And now they're so busy that they don't work as closely together anymore. But for them, that's okay. Like they both are like, we're super ambitious. Like we have this dream, we have this goal and it fits. It works for them. They you know, work and get shit done, but then they like spend time outside of that together. And it might be less than another couple, but for them that works. And so to your point, I think understanding what you need in a partnership and being able to be like, no, like this is, this is what I need. Cause I have dated guys where it's like become apparent that maybe they want someone who's kind of more available to hang out more often or more available. And there are times when I can lean into that a bit, but I always kind of have to come back to, okay, I can't hang out as often because I have these other things to do. And especially if I'm in this season of life where I'm I'm essentially in a hustle season, right? And not all seasons are hustle, okay? Like this is not, don't kill yourself out here hustling, but some seasons are like that. And when I'm in one of those seasons, I, I've come to realize the importance of meeting someone who's able to understand that and who is able to have enough things going on on their end and respect my hustle enough to be like, okay, you don't, let me not try to domesticate you. Because I think and who said it? Someone, it's so funny because um, I had a friend who said, she phrased it as, you need someone who's not trying to tame you. And it's so funny because I was listening to this um, astrology thing today and the woman kept referencing, and it was Haley. Hey, Haley, if you're listening. Um, Haley kept referencing Miley Cyrus uh, can't be tamed. And she was talking about how like this particular new moon that we have coming up is really about us kind of tapping into what it is that we want to do and who it is that we want to be when we are not allowing anyone, whether it's a partner, a family member, societal standards to shackle us. And I'm just like, like I'm really coming into my own of like, you know what? I don't give a fuck anymore. Like this is really who I am. And, And really, because I think a lot of times I've tried to sort of like 
dim the light or just like, you know, be a little bit more subdued in order to really fit better into that traditional feminine model and role. And I've come to realize like I'm, I can be, and I am very feminine in certain aspects, but at the end of the day, I am also very much like intense in other aspects. And I'm just like, I don't have time to sit here and just like dull certain parts of myself in order to seem more either acceptable or more attractive to certain people. Again, whether it's like men or just people in general, because it's too exhausting to, I mean, live and die by that, by that pressure and by that view. Like, you know, on the other end, I have a, a good guy friend who's a lot of his traits, a lot of people, you know, would call more on the feminine side. I don't view it that way. He loves just wholehearted family man, does not care career-wise, not ambitious, but is a great father, spends time, wants to be at home, whereas his wife is on the other side, you know. So they they absolutely work because she's she's ambitious, she's pursuing her goals, she gets to be a great mother and be there, but she knows that he's kind of taking care of the household. Granted, in society, those roles are generally switched. But again, it's realizing what you need for you, what works for you and then finding something that matches when you're looking for a relationship. Yeah. And I think finding people that can be expansive as you're getting to figure out what it is that you want. And so maybe having conversations with those people, which I know it's not always like the easiest, go on Reddit, ask, (laughs) post the question on Reddit. Be like, I'm looking for an expander who looks like this, someone who, you know, is playing this role in society or whatever the case is and have those conversations. I think the more that you can actually realize that it's not just like, everything's not just like black and white. Everyone's not fitting into the same roles. There are people out there who are living a type of life that you maybe aspire to live. And then the more you can like have those conversations, talk to those people, really understand how it is they live their life, the more you can be like, oh, that actually sounds like something I would enjoy. It's wild because I had a reading the other day with Joy, Joy of Numerology. She was actually the guest in August on the show. And we just had a chat and we were talking about just like life and kids and all the things that she was doing my reading. And it came up that she's child-free. And I actually found that really interesting because I didn't know that beforehand going into the conversation. And I kind of asked her a couple of questions just out of curiosity. And, you know, we went into that conversation. It was really nice kind of hearing that other side of the coin because for the most part, the women that I know in my life have children or are planning to have children. And so I kind of only hear that perspective most often. And I don't typically hear one from someone who is child-free. So being able to have that conversation with someone and be like, let me ask you about this. Like, what do you think about this? Like, what has your experience been with this? Was really refreshing. So I think having conversations with people and like actually understanding, I guess, some of the the details of what that life looks like is, is pretty cool as well. Yeah, I think there's a lot of benefit in that. I mean, that goes to you know our earlier topic of finding making friends you know when you're moving to a new city is also don't you know ascribe to the belief that they have to all have the same interest as you you know getting exposed to things like that is one it gives you a different perspective on life and how to live it but also you don't necessarily you know need to live 10 years child free to determine how you feel about it you could become friends with someone that's been child free for 10 years and get their view on it and how they live their life and then use that to say hmm is this what I want to do maybe that that sounds attractive. Maybe I'll be child-free. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of friendships, I would love to <laughs> yeah, <let's laughs> love to dive into that a little bit. Yeah. Like besides your Reddit posts, what 
have you done or what were you doing in order to kind of like lean into building community? So I went like with most things, I went hardcore into it. So (laughs) uh, I had joined F45, which is kind of like a group workout thing and really just started talking to people there. I made some great friends, um, especially with some of the coaches, shout out to Gio, but also just going out and doing things that I interest. And two pieces of advice that I think are huge. One is that, or was advised to me, was that everyone wants to be asked, but no one wants to do the asking Mm -hmm. and kind of having that view. And also using kind of what I call like first grade communication, which is when you remember when we're little kids, you know, you're like, oh, cool, you have a Power Ranger toy. Do you want to be my friend? You know, and kind of just communicating that way, which is terrifying in a lot of respects. But I think that that's essentially what I did. And the people that I ended up becoming friends with had a similar vibe where it was like, you know, hey, I really like your vibe. Like you should come with us to this and which makes anyone feel great. And so I think inviting people to things and just having honest, open communication, meaning like maybe you try out a cooking class and, you know, you're chatting with them and it's small talk, but you say things like, hey, like I'm in this stage of my life where I'm trying to make new friends. Like, would you like to go hang out, grab a drink or, you know, what interests you? Or I'm going to go do this thing. Would you want to go? And of course, that requires us being comfortable with rejection, but it gets easier over time. But a lot of times people love being asked and they do want to do it. It's just they were never going to be the ones that asked. So I think it's huge to just go out there and ask. So I was very fortunate uh, or just around that time to make other friends. I'm mostly introverted. So it's, I feel like I only need so much social interaction, but, mm-hmm. you know, just between going to workout class and joining, uh, I was in a volleyball club uh, and just kind of going going out and about just chatting with people, it does come about easier than I think most people think. Yeah. I think I agree with that. And even like just being open-minded or being like open to trying new things. I'm in that season of just saying yes to more things or at least like opening up my what can I do vibe or envelope. (laughs) So just maybe like you said, like you joined the workout like F45 and that was a great way to make friends because there were people that were interested in working out and fitness just like you were and they went there. So, you know, maybe it's like, what are you interested in? What do you typically like to do? Or what is something that you've always wanted to do? Like, I know for me, pottery is one. And so I'm like, I want to do pottery. Or I went to the Boho Market the other day because I really love like markets and like farmers markets and that kind of stuff, like small business owner type things. And I went to that and I connected with some of the the people that like host it. And so now I'm like, okay, I think I might do market. And I think that's a great way for me to like make not only new friends or meet people, but to also network with other small business owners. So it's kind of like, what do you like to do? And how can you kind of lean into that a bit more? And I like your point of just asking people, because I agree with you. I think sometimes people want to ask and they want to like make friends or they want to get outside yeah. their comfort zone, but they're like, where do I start? What do I do? And it feels so intimidating, but it's like, if you can just be like, Hey, you know, do you want to grab coffee? That's like my favorite go-to one. I've been like going on all yeah. these coffee chats. Like, it's like, Hey, do you want to grab coffee? And and then you go out, it's like low, low stakes, whatever. Yeah, you guys like know someone. If it hit you guys hit it off, you hit it off. If not, you never have to see them again. <laughs> Yeah, because you should want to be excited, you know? Yeah. So if you go grab coffee and you're like, man, they were really cool or we couldn't stop talking, that's your test, right? And if yeah. you go and you're just kind of like, eh, that was okay, then it's totally okay if you never hang out again. Yeah. And I think just like, I love kind of affirming that I am in the right place and right time to meet the people who are supposed to be in my life. That's been something I've really been leaning into. And 
I, in the chat that I have with Joy, she helped me to understand, like, I could phrase it in a way of, like, asking why questions. Because she's, it was something about how, like, the brain likes to solve questions or solve problems. So she's like, you know, try asking it in a why. And so for me, it was like, why am I always in the right place in the right time? Like, why am I always making kismic connections? And I think the more that you start to see it that way and you start to realize, okay, if I just simply, like, go, sometimes you don't got to get out of your own house. Sometimes you can meet them online too. But if you start to ask those questions and be really truly open you recognize and realize that the person you know the barista at the coffee shop could be a potential new friend the person who just like delivered your amazon package could yeah. be a potential new friend or even like you go out shopping it's like if you bump into someone because you're both like you know shifting through or sifting through a rack at, of clothing and you're like oh they like pink i like pink like let's chat like oh this is such a cute skirt like or you compliment them so it's just really like going about life like you know what i can meet my best friend today i could meet my husband today. I can meet, you know, the person that is going to help me do something or transform my life in some way today. Like you never know who you're going to meet. And I think just being open to those possibilities is like really a game changer. Yeah. Remember, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot, but this ride ends, right? The Memento Mori, like we talked about, which is, you know, morbid, but I love the morbidity. Yeah. (laughs) Let's let's lean in. Yes. Because that guides so much of my life. You know, it's just like you said, today could be the day I meet my best friend. Today could be the last day you have on this planet. So the idea that, you know, you're letting what other people think guide you, or even if you go the first time and you say, you know what, I'm going to join this new club and I'm going to, I'm going to ask someone to be my friend or go hang out with me and you go and it bombs. You don't ever have to see him again. There's other clubs. Go on a different day. Yeah. And I guarantee you, you know, even if it's awkward in that moment, they won't remember long. You know, so many awkward moments happen. A lot of times people think about us a lot less than we think they do. Yeah. But again, it's remembering that this ride ends at some point. So you really don't have much to lose. But I, I love the idea of asking the why questions and kind of that view. And once you have that view and you're walking out the door with that, you radiate it. And you're there like, giving off this positive energy and that attracts other people. You know, they may see, like you said, shopping rack and you're wearing pink and you're looking at some pink. And maybe if you were in a different headspace, they wouldn't have said anything, but you're giving off positive vibes. So they say, hey, I like that. And it gives them confidence. Like you never really know how that affects others. So I think, yeah, having that mindset, asking the why questions, but just just being open, you know, yeah. like really open uh, to connect with others. And I think that's a great way to make friends. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I love that. Um, I think let's get into wrapping up. Okay. Let's let's, <laughs> let's let's bring it all together. That was not a very nice segue, but <laughs> it was a segue nonetheless. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, 
and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop. One scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. I kind of want us to return really quickly, actually, to the the stepping into the unknown. And I want to know, one, do you have like a good example of a time that you stepped into the unknown and kind of had that moment of panic and then it worked out? And then like, what advice would you would you leave listeners with for maybe that, whether it's like career, friendships, relationships, self-reflection, any of that? Yeah. So the big one is a quite literal unknown. So I... You know, after getting out of a long-term relationship, I had always wanted to travel to Japan. I was a huge Anthony Bourdain fan. But when I wanted to go, you know, I wanted to see the normal things. But there was, and I stumbled upon it. Talk about kismet. I stumbled upon, uh, I guess it was a Buddhist pilgrimage that was like 24 kilometers. And it was on the edge of Japan, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And granted, this was a solo trip. And so I told myself, I'm going to hike that thing completely alone. Uh, So talking about unknown, didn't know what it's like. There's no instructions. This isn't like something you can pull up on Google Maps. But also, you know, going back to our earlier conversation, great reminder for Memento Mori. Because about halfway through, I realized my cell phone doesn't work. I'm in the middle of nowhere. When my mom finds out about this, she's going to kill me if I don't end up dead on this this huge trail. But it was, I made it out, had blistered feet, oh made my it God. to the other end. Yeah, it was, it was getting dark. It, it took a lot longer because there was like broken trees in the path and anything. But that was quite literally the time I, I took that leap and did it. And it was, I remember laughing while on it. And I still think back to it a lot. It was just kind of like, man, this would be a way to go. But also it's like, if I can do this, you know, talking to someone at the bar or going up and joining a club is nothing. Like, you know, yeah. it's, and so I think you just have to kind of leap in. And, you know, that that advice may be a bit underwhelming, but I, I quite literally think the biggest thing is just just to do it, to just Ooh, leap Nike. in. Yeah, <laughs> Nike. They did Shout something out. with that one right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. and, but, and remind yourself that if it's new and it's unknown, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be awkward. It's just one of those things where you accept it as part of it. Kind of like, what are you willing to suffer for? If you want to find these new experiences or you know, find what's on the other side of venturing on the unknown, you have to take that leap, but be good with kind of the weird feelings that come with it. Yeah. And so there's 
you know, at some point, there's no amount of logic or rationalization that are going to make you feel comfortable about going into the unknown. It's going to be uncomfortable. And I think once you come to terms with that, we adapt a lot better than we give ourselves credit for, you know? So it's like, if I, if I would have asked you, you know, a week before there was issues with shipping, like, what would you do? And you'd be like, oh my gosh, I hope that doesn't happen. And you could think <laughs> yeah. it's this huge thing, but then here we are laughing about it. Like, yeah. it's, it's still a thing to deal with, but yeah. you know, we're able to kind of laugh about it and, and go on. So it's, it's always worse in our mind. But I think if you, if you can accept that it's going to be uncomfortable, you can do it. Yeah, it was kind of like, so I went to a Reiki and sound bowl healing thing the other day and I was so nervous buying the ticket because I was just like, oh my God, I'm, you know, it, it was kind of like, because it was so unknown. I didn't know what the session would look like. I didn't know who would be there. I also, whenever I'm driving to new places, I like get a little bit of anxiety about parking. I can appreciate living in Dallas for the fact that because we live out here in the suburbs, like parking is pretty much available everywhere. Right. That's what I love. That's why like, I don't ever like go downtown. And when I do go downtown, I get anxiety driving in. Cause I'm like, where am I going to park? <laughs> but, um, so like I went to this place and, you know, as I was driving there, I kind of had to allow myself to calm down because I'm like, okay, like it's going to be a new situation, but in an hour, hour and a half, it's going to be over with. Right. And so I'll either be like, I'm going to go back or I'm like, oh, that wasn't something I enjoyed. I'm yeah. not going to go back. And so it it was great, actually. It wasn't even that it wasn't that bad. It was great. Like I had a great experience. The parking was amazing. I'm going to sign up for like a little mini unlimited membership or something at the studio and do some yoga. But had I not, you know, pushed myself into that place of discomfort, had I not gone there and tried it, I would have never met the owner. I would have never been like, oh, this is a great studio. I wouldn't have actually discovered downtown place. I know because <laughs> like when would ever when would I have ever had a reason to go there I don't know so you know I think to your point like allowing yourself to step into that unknown can le- can yield such great results because like one you learn more about yourself and you also learn more about what you can handle and you learn okay these things that I hype up in my head and I kind of like build this mountain out of the molehill when you actually go through them you start to realize it wasn't that bad it wasn't that uncomfortable it actually turned out great and I think the more you practice is that the more you're able to do it even more and then you start to go and do things by yourself and then you start to go and step into the unknown in your work or in your life in other ways and you have more of that courage because you remember okay the time I you know hiked in Japan in like the wilderness it actually turned out really great and so then you start to do things like that in your life because you know you're going to be okay in fact it's going to be an experience that grows you yeah and you never know where it's going to lead like here you know yeah bring it full circle it's like firing off that message didn't know how I was gonna, you know, go, and now I have new best friend, and yeah. I'm on his podcast, yeah. and we get to have all these great <laughs> conversations, and it's like all of that was kicked off, and just like you know, in your example, it's like you had this bit of it being uncomfortable, but now you got to explore downtown Plano, and you had a great time, and you met the business owner, and then it's like even all of those little things that came from it, you have no idea where those are gonna lead. Exactly, so. like little rocks, little rocks, little pebbles that build up and alter the entire river. Yes, the river. The ripple effect. Yeah. Love that. Well, I would love to wrap up with you giving us a glimpse into a future. Like, so if you could close your eyes or keep them open, I know up to you, and imagine a future, a reality where you've successfully balanced your passions, your relationships, personal growth. Like, what does that look like to you? I guess, what does this ideal 
scenario look like? I think ideal is truly no wasted time and living Mm. intentionally, which I think is a big thing. And what I mean is like right now, the way I live my days is I get up from 5 a.m. I work out, meditate. I work on music. I spend time working on my actual job. I program. I spend time with my girlfriend. I I have a son. I spend time with him, um, play with my dogs. And filling all of that time in all of those areas, I think it's absolutely possible, you know, once you've really determined what you're willing to suffer for, dedicating the time that you want to those things, understanding may take longer to accomplish some goals, but I absolutely make peace with that because I think from the day to day, I cliche, but living my best life because I'm enjoying every minute. If I'm period. Yeah, (laughs) period. Because if I'm spending, you know, time with you know, my loved ones, I understand I only have this much time in the day because I'm spending the rest on this other thing or this other thing. So I get to cherish each piece. It doesn't feel wasted. So yeah, ideal is making progress in all of those areas and there's truly no wasted time. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Being present in the moment. Absolutely. Every moment. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me thank you for on having today's me. episode. This is so much fun. Daily. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> My first ever in-person recording. Cause oh, actually, no, I did one like years ago with okay. um B and Teray. But this this one was amazing. Number this is two. great. Yeah, I don't even know how we did the mics because I'm like this setup, I don't remember ever having to do this. Yeah. <laughs> the setup. Which for being the techie, like we talked about this before we started. Being the techie, I was like, I know a lot, but then I was watching you set this up and I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> I am like, no help <laughs> you're like i'm just going to observe yeah. sit back let her take the yeah, reins I was off like this. you got this yeah <laughs> well thank you for joining me yeah, on this episode this me. is amazing of course and yeah such profound conversation as per usual yes yeah always good Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.